Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I'm here with Halima and Simran. How are you guys doing? Well, I've had a very, very good day today. It is, I was telling the guys, it is day one on my medication, on my ADHD medication. And um, I, was, I was just giving everyone a little update that basically not much has happened in terms of concentration yet but they are starting me off on like a low dosage and i am in titration for the next three months however very very strangely but not that strangely i'm in an absolutely fantastic mood i've been in a great mood all day i've been rapping all day i've been so happy this is the first time that i've been really happy in a really long time so if you ask me how I am, I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Carlos. Thank you for asking. Oh, I'm so happy for all the people around you as well that got to experience your rapping as well. It was really bad. Basically, like, I, I routinely, like, so you guys will know, like, if you watch, because you're on my Instagram, you watch my stories. In my head, I think I'm a rapper. Like, I fully think I'm a rapper. I rap all the time. Routinely, when I come, like, if I'm driving somewhere and I come home and I park up, I'll find myself sat in the car for like half an hour, 40 minutes, oh, yeah. afterwards, just rapping. Like today I went shopping <clears throat> um, on my lunch break. I thought I'm just going to quick to the shops really quickly. Tell me why it's half an hour past my lunch break and I'm still sat in the car, like rapping top of my lungs. And I'm loud. You guys know I'm loud. So the music is on full blast. I'm there. My gun fingers are flailing. My head is bopping. I'm literally rapping at the top of my lungs. And I'm not going to lie, Tottenham is great vibes because people were like walking past, bopping their head, doing two-step. Like, it, it was a vibe. I'm not going to lie. Great day, guys. I've, I've had a great Very day. <laughs> literally. If you're listening, um, Halima's work people, so this is an exaggeration. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not true. It's fantasy. Complete fiction. The meds are getting to her. It, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I'm delusional. Mm-hmm. In other news, Simran was just telling us the story of how she got cyberbullied. So um, let's like, get straight into that. Yeah, that's quite morbid. You don't even know if it's like really traumatic. In it. Yeah. Why did you bring it up there? You're lucky that, well, because you guys are my friends. Okay, yeah, to be fair, Simon, you did drop it very casually. You're lucky it is casual, because what if it wasn't? This girl out of nowhere goes, I got cyberbullied once. Have you ever seen that title of the creator tweet when he's like, how do people get cyberbullied? Just close your eyes. <laughs> yeah, just log off, yeah. <laughs> that was what, yeah. Cyberbullying is a real thing, and we, we strongly oh, condemn sorry. it. Wow, check you, Halima. I'm proud of the growth. I'm triggered. I have PTSD. I have PTSD from the Andrew Tate week. I've got PTSD, guys. Uh, not me. But not talk me. about that. Actually, I want to talk about that. But wait, we wait, talked about wait. it last week, Simran. We were like, "You're right." We yeah, listened. we said Simran. Give Simran her flowers. She was right. Put that yeah. on Instagram, man. <laughs> Make a yeah. bit out of that. No, because people will come from us again. No, but then they'll congratulate me. Uh, no, no, they'll no, give like... me my flowers, like you said. Don't you want me to have my flowers? Nah, Simran, as long as you got a nose ring in, they're not going to be happy with you. Oh, yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> they didn't even, they're coming from bloody my nose ring. I'm not even, first of all, they were saying something about like, oh, because these Muslim girls are nose rings. Yeah, she's not even Muslim. Second of all, you know what? Okay, hang on, wait. Back to the side bullying. <laughs> Should have just shut my eyes. Tyler the creator was right. But there was this girl, the karate with. I was young and then anyway she emailed me and called me a lesbian and um she sent me a picture of lesbians doing lesbian 
and I was so young it was like so traumatic I was literally like why did she do that you know I'm trying to say like I was just like oh what the and it was not good yeah I just remember crying and I just didn't tell anyone I was like this is so bad these inappropriate pictures on my laptop and then I had to just like delete it and never told anyone um until now but then in karate I remember I fought her and I won oh good girl she got she got real life bullied (laughs) what belt what belt were you I was well good. I was like a purple or something, but oh, it was funding in Slough. So oh, they, shut, they shut the club. This That's is what cool. happens. Halima, we need to book a DJ school first of all because my timetable is filling up. I just booked. I just booked my first drum lesson today. Drums! Wow! What inspired that? I've always wanted to be a drummer. No way! I think you'd be good at it. You know. I think I'd be sick at it, but then I, you know, I tried once the other day, and I was really bad at it. Would you have like rhythm? Because I feel like I feel like out of all the instruments, drums is you really need rhythm. I, I realize it's going to be a lot harder than I anticipated it, but I yeah. think it's a it's it's drum lessons for kids, so I think it's a, probably a good place to start. Beginner, beginner, like sick. no, but I've never touched a drum kit, so it needs to be like literally beginner. Like this is this drum, this is a cymbal, this is the foot thing. That's sick. I always say I want to learn an instrument, but I've always been too ADHD. Maybe when these, when I get the I think, I think it's going to be a good ADHD thing. I think it's going to be good for mental energy. And it's just like you hit things hard and mix a noise. Yeah. Big yeah. box go bang, you know? Mm-hmm. Simple. You're right, you're right. Um, so yeah, and I just think it's really cool because like now <laughs> you can, I can do these things now that I'm working. Like drum lessons, yeah, sign me yeah. up. Financial freedom, yeah. isn't it? It's sick. It's nice, like... One of the things about adulting is bearing in mind you probably there is a little bit of, of privilege involved and you have to kind of be comfortable in money to be able to do these things. But once you're not like doing academia where you constantly have the pressure of, oh, I should be yeah, doing yeah. this assignment, even when you're not actually in the hours of work, you know what I mean? That's such a good point. I did one of my friends said that she was like, You actually get more time when you work, which in a weird way, like you do. Um she was like with uni work it never turns off you can be doing at 11 in, at a night at three in the morning six in the morning like it's 24 hour thing and then you wake up in the morning it's the first thing you get up and do is like start writing your essay do you know what I mean whereas yeah. like yeah she has time it's, the time is it's like stratified for you isn't it so well, yeah. the person just finished work at 11 p.m last night and got off a 6, 6 15 p.m call but yeah <laughs> they're really working you they're really making you like i knew this would happen it's fun though but yeah i think what we should first talk about keeping things positive because i feel like we are in quite a positive role at the moment which is we're all in great spirits nothing can bring me down not even (laughs) tory britain (sighs) (laughs) now that she's on meds and maybe it won't be so volatile yeah, it's going to turn to um, Great Vibes Island, yeah. Great Vibes Island. <laughs> great one. But keeping things on a positive note, Simran, I couldn't tell whether you were being sarcastic, but either way, I could tell you were very excited about this as the ad. Um, do you want to explain it for the people? Oh, so you lot, yeah. Asda came out with a Christmas advert. Will Ferrell's in it, which I think is a pretty... 
Like in the budget. On the Asda! In the Asda one! Real feral. So this is the thing, right? Although the budget will have still had to be loads, I think given the lines that are in it, by the way, it's obviously Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf. Um, oh, I think that's, that's my oh my! I have a story about that. Sorry, Carlos, go on. I know. I will let Simran finish her story as well because I'm interrupted that. But, Sorry, um, go on. It's um, but it's the fact that because of the lines that he's saying, I'm fairly certain that they will have just got him from the movie and edited it in rather oh, than him no. reshooting it. I've only seen that film like once, maybe twice, but I didn't realize. Oh was... really? Oh, because my story. Finally, a film that I've seen. No, 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 I'm saying already, because the story that I was going to say is when we first moved to my house, the house that I'm in now, which was like 13 years ago, we didn't have like the TV box. We just had a DVD player and a TV. And the only DVD we had was Elf. So we watched that in the space of like a week, genuinely like 40 times, like just on repeat all day long. It got to a point I knew it off by heart. And you still love it. Still a great film. But wait, so this... There's not Will Ferrell dancing around Asda. So I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had just took the movie and edited him out of that and into Asda because all the lines that he's saying in it oh, are exactly really the same as the film. Her. That fuming. That is like finding out Santa's not real. Uh, you know what? You continue talking. I'm going to look into this for you. I'll be right back. So this advert, imagine how excited we are talking about it. Look at Halima's reaction when she found out if Will Ferrell's in it. Yeah, amazing advert. Doesn't matter if Will Ferrell's not in it, okay? Don't crush me. Yeah, because I because that's really for Asda. But imagine, yeah, I'm not even paying attention. I'm lying on the sofa, I'm just chilling. Advert comes on. What were you watching? One, uh, first dates, I think. Oh, I love that show. Advert comes on. And, and the guy in the advert goes, um, yeah, and Simran here will help you. And it just pans this Asian girl. Who's Simran? And she works in Asda. Oh, that's why you were so happy. I, was, I, I shed a tear. I literally started crying. Oh. I literally shed a tear, like one singular tear. Oh, I was like, representation means. This is the kind of representation we're talking about, not Rishi Sunak. Yeah, as soon as I saw her, I messaged Carlos. I was like, please, can we talk about this um, on radio? I was like, this is the representation I was talking about because this is for every single time I never found my name on a key on a key ring or a magnet or a mug or a book or something, you know? She's like, yeah, Simran here will help you. And she has like, I don't know, two lines in the whole thing. And I was just like... Yeah, oh, she's getting oh. annoyed at Buddy because he's going off cause and mischief. Wait, did you find out if he's in it or not? Um, a quick Google search says that it uses original footage, which makes me think that it has been edited in, but not confirmed, but yeah. Wow, that's a question. Very I'm magical. sorry. Also, you know, think he, look, he looks very young in it as well, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's 20, the film's like 20 years old, nearly. I think it's still magical. I like, I like Will Ferrell. Um, Wait, apparently, it was um, Asda Watford that they shot in, I think. That's near, oh, you know, that's a really good Asda as well. They have like um, the plastic recyclable like bin things that you put all your groceries in and you weigh it and you pay for how much that you've bought. And then they have like oh, really yeah. crazy Georgia Asda range. They have like pizza. I've seen TikToks about it. Oh, oh you haven't been. That one must be a special Asda. Yeah. But yeah, well done Asda. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. For, for, <laughs> for a non-problematic Christmas. Like, what are we saying about some company's Christmas ad or like 
about how Christmas ads this year are going to be low-key problematic, I bet, because the cost of living crisis, someone's going to do something. Oh, yeah. I have seen, like, hints of it, to be fair, like, kind of implying on, like, saving up and that type of thing. I can't, nothing, like, direct, but definitely hinting at that. So, yeah. But Asda just kept it all fun vibes. Oh, yeah, and this is the thing as well. Um, Tesco's ad, I believe, is, I think it's, like, it's all about, christmas under 25 quid so i think that's definitely like obviously going into that kind of um, idea little one was good it's got a little teddy bear in it it's about a teddy bear how on earth are you not watching all of these chris i haven't watched a single one honestly it's um i'm gonna put the blame fully on in my my fiance's family the tv is just on all the time and i just end up seeing so much more than i normally would do so i'm not complaining in that sense but yeah, yeah, otherwise like daytime, daytime TV is just Yeah, it's 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 it it's interesting, definitely. My mom watches this morning every day and it's Yeah, so do they. No, no, I think in my opinion, this morning is like, yeah, fair enough, because like Alison Hammond love her. But yeah. for me, I'm not a major fan of loose women. That's my mate that's my kind of opinion. I mean, Loki problematic because sometimes they'd be saying things i'm like yeah exactly this is the thing sometimes they'll be talking about stuff and i'm just like why are four middle-aged white women talking about issues that don't affect them like yeah but that's the we, we keep it we, let's keep the positive train rolling guys come on let's go okay, <laughs> Get it back up. Back up. Well, i'm not joining in because i've got nothing <laughs> negative to say do you want to know something um positive mm-hmm Fred Again's album was... Oh, great segue. So queen. good. Did you see the um, video of him cycling around, playing it out? I, oh my God, why do I, I've never, I've never attended. And in the, if you think about the last 10, 12 years of music, how many random things have happened? Not gonna lie, sorry, you guys, always in London. Why have I never been to any of them? Oh, I've got a story. So... So we'll get back into Fred again's album in a second because I want to hear about what what actually is about it. But talking about like um, celebrities and just random stuff happening. Um, so I follow a number of people who like work within like BBC Radio, a few of whom up in the public eye, such as like um, Harpscore, who used to do the Asian Network Breakfast Show, and Nadia J, who still does the One Extra Breakfast Show. Um, and them and a few other people that I know as well were at this roller rink last night, um, which apparently um, Usher has opened. They were there in, in, next to I think he said ne- next to White City. I don't know what that is. In London. In London, oh, yeah. London. But London. basically, they went there like to roller skate, and they said. Um, this is a uh, um, social media guy who works at um, uh, across the BBC Pop Network. Shout out to him, Sandeep, if you're listening. Um, but he he explained in his story, he like got there and Mary J. Blige just walks past. And then they were oh. skating in the rink and Usher no is way. literally there skating ah. around with them. Like... And he was like, at one point, I nearly fell over. And the only reason I didn't is because Usher, like, stopped me from falling over. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> when they're walking around, um, apparently Dr. Dre just randomly was walking around there. All what? the while, while Central C is performing. It's I don't know where is White City. I don't know where that is, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all last night. Where was Yeah. After this, if you want to go on their stories and look at it, like it's still on there. Wait, like imagine, imagine being able to say Usher saved you from falling down in a rollerblading arena. I know it's just it's mad. Like I think. Like what we do forget they are there. people as well, in it. And I also do really like the idea that they were there without like hiring the whole venue out with tons of security, not not being able to go near anyone that's not like in their group or whatever. Like I like that. But like, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Also, it's London. Of course, they're going to be here. It's not that surprising. No, but that like in one place, and then just like 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 literally just like Carlos's colleagues. Yeah. You know what I mean, like that's just so random. Yeah. Like obviously, um, the people that I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know whether they had some kind of Why? tip off or something. But the way that he was describing it in his story made it. He was just like, yeah, that that, that just happened last night. <laughs> like, yeah, it's wow. mad. But yeah, like I said, I think Harps did a um like actual feed post on it so if you want to look at that like oh my god yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> that's so it's funny oh my god i need to hang around london more no no you don't come back <laughs> <laughs> you got molly may in the night yeah. oh please Manchester, i went to manahata so... the night after she was there and it was literally pure molly may vibes and it was not that great side note um Mianka, my fiance was on the train um next to tommy fury last week as well <laughs> a couple people like take photos of him on the train Interesting. He's a local. He's a local, is that Tommy? Anyway, going back to Fred again. What is the name? What is the name of this album, Simran? It's called Actual Life Three. Yeah. You know, I don't know who what he looked. I don't know who he is. I don't know anything about him. Yesterday on TikTok, I saw a video of him with Zane Lowe, and he was doing, he was making, he was doing something. Like some... He's sick. So basically, right, Fred again has been around. Like I've heard of him not really listen to any of his like sets or anything i have heard, heard some of his music and i've heard of him for a long time but he's been around right his kind of niche i think i think right no one quote me on this is kind of like being in with like rappers and stuff so he'll produce like a kind of different sound for rappers more of like the you know dj vibes um that's kind of always been his little thing. I think he like co- has co-produced a lot of big songs and he's like very close with a lot of like big rappers like Heady One and stuff like that. Um, he's always been there. Like, I feel like he's just always been there. I've always known his name and stuff like that. Um, and then this Boiler Room came out and it was like Friday again, Boiler Room. And I remember I was one of the first, like it hadn't blown up when I'd watched it. And then I, um, I was like, oh, sick, Fred again did a boiler room. What? Uh, come on. Um, as I say, Fred again did a boiler room, watched it. I was like, whoa. Then it went crazy viral. And I feel like that's what's like blown him up. Like, blown him up is weird because I feel like he's always been around, but like now he's huge. Now everyone loves him and he's like selling out his shows instantly, which is like sick. And a lot of, so the boiler room's like just over an hour long and a few songs on it um, are from this album and they like, went really hard in the boiler room and the, I think the boiler room also went viral not just because of like the songs but also the fact that he was like DJing live and I lo- know a lot of people were commenting stuff like I haven't seen a DJ DJ like this in a long time because he was like on the machine you know doing all that yeah um instead of just like playing a track and just like mixing it which is what I do when we're in the studio um 
like instead of just doing that he was like proper proper doing it and everyone like obviously people with way more dj knowledge than me were like really bigging it up and i was like oh this is cool um and also there's a fair few moments that are really funny kind of like sorry am i just waving these pens around um no i'm laughing because simon just went that's what i do when i'm in the studio (laughs) she went i play a song and i mix it do you know what i do i literally just load it and then i do this and sometimes i'm really bad at it as well (laughs) Well, but you know, I tell people like a DJ. I wrote it on um, a work thing that they were like, tell me a little bit about you. And I thought, let me make myself sound interesting. So I said I can DJ. Technically, you can. I put that picture up of me from <laughs> the studio, the one that's on my Instagram. So Don't it's proof. Me. Don't kill me. Well, what if they come to you and they're like, oh my gosh, we saw on your application about how you DJ. We, we're thinking about getting you in, hiring you for a private work event. Do you want to do I it? To, and then I have to fast track DJ school, cancel the drum lessons, <laughs> and I got to do a DJ crash course. <laughs> Guys, isn't it hilarious that you're saying this? Because I know we're going to talk about the AP Dylan album in a bit, but I saw a tweet like the other day. Some girl was like, she put on her work CV that she could speak Punjabi. And then obviously she's now in work and they're asking her, oh, can you say a bit of Punjabi for us? This girl started quoting AP yeah, Dylan lyrics. Yeah. So, I start, like, so this funny. Thing of Bollywood films. I know bare people that say that they could basically like, okay, Muslims will understand. Like if, if Muslims, we pray in Arabic, in it, oh, but more time yeah. non-Arabs don't actually understand Arabic or like can't speak it. So like they'll put down Arabic on their CV. When they get asked to speak it at work, they'll be spitting prayers. Like they'll actually be spitting Islamic prayers so funny but listen i used to have fluent in hindi and urdu on my cv and then i took it off because i realized that was just pure cap and i wouldn't be able to stick that one up in court anyway back to the boiler room um there's a lot of good moments like i said like in a lot of boiler rooms where like just funny stuff happens like this one guy um elbows the deck and switches it off and everyone starts shouting fred again like handled it really well like gives him a hug and then the guy like latches onto him and like hugs him and is like jumping i don't know if you guys see it, it's really funny um anyway i think that's why it went viral like a, the few things and now he's dropped he was dropping singles from the boiler room like slowly slowly one at a time and now the album's dropped and it's so good and it's restored my faith in music because for like six months now all i've been saying on the show is that there's no good music and music's dead more like a year well it's just everything is the same because when we get onto the drake album like mm, we'll talk about that but everything sounds the same everything follows the same formula everything either has like weird lyrics and a great beat or like a mid beat and like good lyrics nothing nothing just hits anymore you know what's the name of the fred again album actual life three if you take the time out to go through like his youtube and stuff like that he is so talented he plays so many instruments like he has like hour long mixes of him like playing the piano and it's just like chef's kiss he's a great artist. you could tell he's i could tell literally from that one tiktok clip i could but tell he he's puts, really talented the way he like would. he just puts so much emotion into it and you don't get that very often anymore um and like i'm not gonna i'm really struggling for music and this album was like very 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 refreshing the only thing i would say is like there's obviously only so much you can listen to like like you know like that kind of like music kind of need a bit more than that sometimes um so it's not like i can listen to the whole thing all the time but it's given me faith in a artist caring about what they're making and taking time to like polish a project and the project tells a story and they put it out there and b just music sounded good again good for you simran aren't over happy for you moving on to the next album then ap dylan so, uh, me and Simran actually touched upon this a couple of weeks back, and oh. we thought 
his new album, what is it? Two Hearts Never Break the Same, I think it's called. Yeah, it's an EP, like six, five, six tracks. And um, mm-hmm. I listened to it again in advance of this episode. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I still think it's not amazing, <laughs> but there are a few tracks on there that I was like, they're decent, but I, I don't get Halima posting a story saying, oh my gosh, 10 out of 10, this is amazing. And I don't, I don't know I how I feel loved about that. it. I loved it. Like I posted it because I was, <clears throat> I've been, because you I don't know like sometimes with me anyway I don't know like actually I think a lot of music is like this where um you know how Simon was saying before music doesn't hit the same but I think specifically less and less music sorry more and more music has less and less replay value like really hotly anticipated artists and 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 drops don't have much replay value whereas this AP didn't I've been I've been spinning it like I love it so I love Bungra anyway like I listen to so much Bungra anyway I love AP Dylan um and I love this album I just think you know why I love it I think you know why I I love it I love all of his work I love everything he's put out but I think I love this differently I wouldn't say more or less than the other albums but I love it differently because I think it's more mellow than the other albums and that's just that's just where I'm at right now. Do you know what I mean? Like that's just where I'm at. So like it's doing me well. It's serving me really, really well. Like um, it's and also what I love is that um, I've noticed it in some of his other songs, but particularly in this album with like two tracks, um, Dilno and Summer High, um, where he has that kind of characteristic like Canadian pop sound, but you don't hear that in Bhangra. So like it's it to me it's. It's phenomenal work. I love Can I say, it. Before I say anything about AP Dylan, you're right on that. Like, no, nothing has like replay value anymore. And like, I've said this before that like mm-hmm. a few years ago, you would like sit and wait up for like Kendrick Lamar album to drop a Drake album, to drop J Cole album, whatever. Like, yeah. you would sit and wait for that. And when it did, you'd have that front to back on repeat. You take time. I we I used to take time out my day to listen to albums when they dropped. Right. Even now, most of the most of the, my replayed albums and replayed songs like, are old. They're all pretty old much pre twenty eighteen. I would say yeah. yeah um, and then like going okay so. With the AP Dylan album, I haven't listened to it more than once. I've listened to it once. So I don't have like a huge, huge opinion on it. But from first listen, I wasn't like captivated. I wasn't like, oh my God, like. No, I don't think I was from first Maybe it honestly benefit that like it might just be that. Um, Because I do love him and I love his music. But like there are. That album, I can't remember what it's called now, but the the cover art is white with like the diamond the emoji. gems, I think. I did not like that album. That was yeah. not a good album, in my opinion. That um, was his. That was his. That's my yeah. least favorite album of his. But I, there are some great songs. The one before on there. that, I love. Oh, that was the red. I don't know what it's called again, but the cover art was red. The collab album. Yeah, collab yeah, I think album. so. That was yeah. a very, very, very good album. Um, and like you said, like yeah. with the Canadian pop sound, I think he's got his niche. He's got his market. He just needs to hone in on that. And just like kind of not rinse it, but like you know, make his little profit there, make his little like position in Mm. like the scene there. Because what he's doing differently to like all Karen Orgula and everyone else is that, and he has that set up. That's why I love him. That's why Marjo song where it was the 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 beat off. I can't remember what song. What's love? What's love? Yeah, yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, but he found such a good little like USP of like using the beat from that but wrapping it Punjabi instead of using Punjabi so that's the thing that's the thing like he can do yeah. that he can make that hype song like the characteristic kind of like the mainstream sound of Bhangra what most people know Bhangra to be is 
like hype beats, hype <clears throat> cadence, like high energy, right? Um, but also, and that, and he does that. And he does that so well. Like he, he, he has like really kind of hard beats, and he, he, fantastic when he does it. But also, what I love about him is that when he does mellow music and like mellow instrumentals, and even like the the Canadian pop kind of weekend sound, even then it's it's great when he does it. Like he's he's, I don't know, I've not heard much from him from either outside of either of those genres. But those two genres that he does and the way that he mixes and jumps between the two, like, I think phenomenal. I think that's all he needs in his, like, in his arsenal, to be honest, because he does it so well. But then I feel like we do get into the rabbit hole of, like, then say he stepped away from that, did what he wanted to, everyone would be like, oh, he's changed, he's this, that, and the the other, and then everyone, like, kicks off, and then maybe his, like, cells drop, but then is he not just doing, is he not just being, like, true to him? I wouldn't mind. I I love him so much that I will listen and and genuinely, in earnest, like, listen to anything he drops. I was with you i think he's i think he's such a sick artist oh, man. I, agree. He's sick. And I, I really really like him like when we started this show i was literally his biggest fan but for me i don't like look forward to a new drop from him anymore just because i just feel like they're not hitting the same like up until that album that the second mm-hmm. the third most recent one up until that one or oh, since yeah. then i've just not really been like feeling it as much personally but um Listen to you know this new album. album. Listen when you're driving. Listen when you're driving at night. Like it, it really honestly, it's really mellow. That's why I've liked it because I've been driving a lot at night recently, and I, that's when like I've been replaying the album a lot recently, and it really, it really hits. It's so mellow. It's calm. Like it's poppy. It's preppy. Like one thing I will say is I think the first track of it, um, all night brackets live. Yeah, I. I think if that wasn't on it, it would actually be better. Like, I think the rest of the tracks, I think the rest of the tracks fit together really well. And that one kind of just is at the beginning. I don't really get it, but that's my opinion. No, because he has like Vonur and he has Dilnu, which are like two of my favourites from from the album. I think that, I think All Night fits with that, because them, them three are like the mellow, the mellow ones. And then Hills is like, it's, it's more like R&B kind of vibe. And then, um, what was the other one called? There was one that's like hype as well. Final, is final Thoughts is the last Final one. Thoughts. Final Thoughts, yeah. That, and then that's the one that's like, oh, Summer High as well. I love Summer High. That was like the sound of my summer. If I'm it. remembering correctly, that's like a sample, not sample, but like he sampled that like a year ago. He's playing a little ukulele and he's walking down some stairs. Interesting. I did on TikTok, that. I think, and everyone was like, "Drop it, drop it!" And now he's he's finally dropped it. I think I'm remembering correctly. He's how scared I am getting people coming for us now. <laughs> you know today how how I many, how many times I've like prefixed my everything I'm saying with like that's my opinion. Mm. Bro, I've actually got PTSD. I think we need we need this money <laughs> that you are apparently getting from me. We need to put it not marketing uh, therapy. Definitely. I'm <laughs> not saying like um that same Mbungra genre type of vibe. Um, I'm glad um, Jasmine Sandless is back and she's happy again, which I'm very glad about because she's been like, you know how we were talking about um, people like doing their own growth and putting out music that kind of reflects what they're going through. She's been putting out music for a while now that has been like a bit more on the mellow side and a bit less engaging. And obviously when she 
blew up, it was because she was like full on like good vibes, um, which is okay for her to go through her own journey and whatever. But now she's back being party vibes, and I'm very happy about it. Also, guys, again, speaking of Bungra, one song that I've been like rinsing, um, Naturally Sonia yeah. by um, Raf Sapera. It's like but Garage. Bro, it's so sick. It's so sick. It's like that characteristic old school gar- Punjabi Bangra garage. Like, it's so, it's just so nostalgic. And the track is sick in itself, but it's so nostalgic. I love it. Like, back on the Young Sing, it was a boiler room, right? Like yeah, Youngson dropped it apparently at Glastonbury when I was there. She, I can't remember because I feel like I, I re- but I think it's, I really it. like that track, and I'm like, I I remember him saying like, oh, Raf sent me this track, I'm gonna drop it, but oh. like I don't remember liking it as much when I was there. But now when I hear, it, I'm like, oh, this is a tune. I will I say like, the video was sick as well, you know, guys. The oh, video was so the video. good. But this kind of goes back to the Fred again album, like he, the way he played them on Boiler Room versus the way he dropped them in the album. Sometimes they are quite different. Mm. Um, and that might just be because of like sample clearances and stuff like that. I feel like maybe there's just like technical or legal issues sometimes. Um, what I like about it is it brings me back to that like when I first watched the Young Sing Boiler Room and like being like, oh my god, my people have like a platform, we have space, we deserve to fill that space. Very much like what a lot of the speeches at the AMAs were saying. Um, but like it kind of mm-hmm. gave me that like I don't want to use the representation, but you know, you know what I mean? Like that kind of like recognition. You can never understand how, how important Like on a platform is. like Boiler Room, seeing someone that like looks like you is a bit like, oh, no way. I feel like South Asian people, we do have a bit of a rep of like not being seen as very cool and like hip and trendy, which is sure. even awkward for me to say right now. Like I feel weird just saying it, but it is true. Like I feel like when we're in spaces that are largely white or non-South Asian, we are kind of seen as like the like, Ugh, kind of what are you doing here vibe. But it's like, no, we actually very much deserve to be there. And we also deserve to create in these spaces. And our culture is lit as well, bro. Uh, yeah, well, like, when people actually get a, like, a look into it, they love it. And then you see everyone hyping it up. That's the reason why he didn't just do a boiler room and blow up in the brown community. He's now doing Glasto. And he's doing, like, I think I got mm-hmm. um, an email for, like, a Rotterdam warehouse project. And he's doing that. So, like, he's oh, been all over I think he's done, like, Berlin, everything. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, same. It was nostalgic for me as well, honestly. I loved it. Like, because that's the, that's the music that I grew up with completely yeah listen to like constantly so so yeah project song great no. tune great tune i can't i'm like they dropped it in like was it september I'm october. beginning of october but i feel like they should have that, that song would have hit over summer mm. at the same time though i'm glad that we've got something that's like like because if you didn't have it now it would be oh, like a bit depressing yeah, wouldn't true. it at least you got something upbeat throughout winter yeah true it is lightening the yeah. moods now yeah I don't know. I I don't because I listen to like the rest of his stuff and it's not it's not very similar. Like it's not it's not even in the garage like genre Punjabi garage genre. I wouldn't say like from what yeah. I heard. I think that's why it um, hits so different as well as because like yeah, like I, 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 I don't have any problem imagining that he could fit well on a track like this. But like you say, listening to his other stuff, it's a lot more firmly rooted in just Bungra itself. Like rather than that's why I really I really hope that he he creates a, a project or or at least part of a project where he he do, he does more yeah. of that because it fantastic phenomenal work 
Right, well, rounding off this music conversation then, obviously me and Halima weren't discussing Drake's and 21 Savage's album. We were more just discussing the line which seemed to go at Megan Thee Stallion, which um, likewise has had not as much as Andrew Tate, but a fair few comments on TikTok and Instagram, which are a bit like, okay. But anyway... I, I don't think I, I haven't actually probably listened to the album in its, in its entirety. I know Simran, you said you were going to listen to it on the drive up to Sheffield, right? I've listened to it front to back twice, like 1.75 times. And then like, other than that, I've just been like listening to tracks here and there. So I'd say I've like listened to it a pretty good amount of times. Mid. Is it better or worse than the house one? Uh, honestly, never mind. Yeah, that. It's a better album than that in terms of like how much do I like these songs? Because honestly, never mind. But then again, like, okay, this is gonna be a big statement, and I don't want to catch corn for this, but I think a good fair few Drake albums that have come out now, I could have done without. I could have lived my life at the same quality, and my life would not have changed in any kind of aspect whatsoever if those yeah. albums, if I'd never heard any of those songs. That is a very like common criticism that people say about Drake now is that a lot of his albums, well, first it was kind of like a lot of the songs on his albums were like, like oh, filler songs, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. yeah, just filler. But now people are saying that even some of his oh, albums are mind. just filler albums. If honestly, never mind, never came out. How much impact will that have in your life? Mm. You've lost, you lost massive, yeah, sticky, I can't even really name you, any, calling my name, I can't really name you any more than that. Yeah, I was about to say, like, what was the main song off that? Massive, I'm pretty... No, Sticky, you know how sticky you get. I don't... Well, there you go. There you go. That's what I mean. It's, it, was so, it was so... so how can you not know the biggest, album, the biggest song off a Drake album? Do you know what I mean? Like, how has how was the how yeah. has it changed that much? But, like... I genuinely think he's he just drops now for yes, the sake of dropping. he makes the same bag that he always has done because it's the names attached to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like he needs to drop less and drop better yeah definitely i'd agree like it's oversaturated as well i think like if i'm being honest i think it's very rare that some an artist can drop more than one album a year and it be good a good thing yeah because if you look at the albums like artists that uh, don't want to say care more but like make slightly more meaningful songs in that they're not like pop songs they're like rapping about like grief and loss and love and like things like that right in like a more serious um way they drop how often once every two three five years frank Ocean, and kendrick lamar jake oh look at like those kind of artists yeah they like never drop but everyone's waiting i think the problem with drake is that um part of his success part of his fame and part of his like fan base the adoration for him is how prolific he is like drake is everywhere he's you know one one way he's like really marketed himself is he's tapped he's got he's tapped into like every single audience you know he's boys with the uk lot he's boys with like the bangra lot he's boys with the 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 k-pop lot like he's he's just he's so prolific and, and I think in some ways, like it is great, right? Because he's really, he taps into all factions of his fan base and he gives everyone equal time. And it's this whole thing of representation that, like, yeah, Drake's, Drake's messing with us, you know? But then I think he's taken it too far and he's kind of like, he's now trying to be like, um, have like this omnipresence, you know? Yeah. It, it, now he's, like he's, he's trying to be everything at once now. And he's just, he's doing too much. He's yeah, just doing too I much. Agree. Like, And I also like, on that point, 
I don't understand right how you can like be rapping about how your friends like allegedly shoot other people and like are violent and they like you know whatever like all this kind of stuff and like things about like having a hard upbringing and stuff like that and then also do like an SNL skit where you're like sitting on someone's lap and like pretending to be like a baby and then like on Instagram like it's just a bit of a weird guy though isn't he running jokes on Instagram and then posting did you see his Instagram story the night the album dropped he was posting like pictures in cartoon form like sexual images it was really strange though is it do you know what's hilarious you know what is actually talking in like a patois accent and I'm just like yeah, well, that's 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 literally like he's such a strange guy. He actually is. He's so weird. But you know what I find really hilarious? All the memes. Twenty one. Can you guys? It's so funny. Have you seen the guy that showed Twenty One Savage that video? Yeah, someone like live streamed a bunch of those videos with Twenty One Savage, and he was just oh, there, really? like, nah, bro, nah, bro, turn this off. Like, it's so funny though. It's so funny, but it's 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 funny because it's kind of like, accurate, like. In, in some ways, like, I don't know, I, I see both sides of it. Like, I see I see both the adoration for Drake and the criticism for, me, for him as well, because he, you know how I was saying before, like, in one way, like, he taps into all factions of his fan base and he's, like, present for all kind of types of demographics. There is another part of it where he, one, of, one criticism about him is that he's very much a culture vulture and, like, he begs it of a lot of artists. So that's why it's really funny, like, when you see these memes and these videos of him. I'm looking at the track list now. Yeah. And there's really only a few songs on it that I like, like. And then on the out of those ones, there maybe is like one or two that I would say like, if we, if I had to keep this album, I would just take those, and that the rest of it can just go. But really, at the end of the day, if they went to, it wouldn't change my life. I think that's the thing as well. I think looking at the albums that he's put out over the past five years, maybe. Like, I feel like there's also too many tracks. I don't need that much. Like, what was it like, Scorpio, where he literally had, like, two albums worth of music all on one? It was just, like, too much. So much of your, like, discography just goes, like, discarded, really. Like, no one really... It doesn't have a lot of relevance, and it just kind of, like, no one pays attention to it. People want, want, like, Sticky and, like, One Dance and all those kind of, you know, the big, big ones. That's what he'll be remembered for. Not, like... I don't know, looking at it now. I am Y2 with Kid Cudi, The Remorse. What are these? I couldn't I couldn't even tell you any, like, I don't even know how they go, Elevate. And I think as, as if I was, like, an artist as well, like, the, I don't want to say the OCD in me because I want to, like, trivialise, like, that sort of, um, that, that's an actual condition that people have. But the, like, I I have this, like, need to be, like, meticulous in terms of like having everything organized and only letting people see work that I have like I'm That's confident what you call putting artistry, out right That's yeah. what you call and like the fact that you know you know you're putting out music that's just going to get dis- disregarded like I could I couldn't sit with that person but then I don't but we know he doesn't write his own songs like we know yeah. that so then it's kind of like if someone's writing it for you, producing it, giving you the final product and just saying, like, get in the studio and rap, right? We just need your voice at this point. You're going to make X many millions off this. Would you not do it? And still mm. get out and still get people defending you right to the end. No matter no matter if you put out the next baby shark, people would still be like, yo, this is fire. No. It's, it's, it's this debate that always happens with artists who are actually good artists where... 
um, there's a part where you appreciate, you like, you respect the music. And because they are good artists, you then kind of subconsciously mm. hold them to a certain standard. And then maybe fans are sometimes surprised or offended or feel betrayed that actually you forget they're a business, they're a product, they're marketed in a certain way. Like when it's a trash artist and they're putting out trash music for purely for the bag, you're not surprised because you're not checking for their music anyway. You've got no sentiment towards them. But when it's a genuinely good artist like Drake, and then all of a sudden they're putting out filler albums and filler music and it's just not hitting the same. You kind of then it's, you're fighting against yourself where it's like, oh, wait, but I thought he was good and I really liked his music. So why is he doing this? You know what I mean? You could say that nothing was ever the same. Oh my God, Carlos. On that note, I think it's time to round things up for this hour. Um, thank you both for joining me today. Um, make sure that you stick around for the second half of the show. In the first half an hour, we'll be chatting to Andrea Kristin on her new um, debut album, Brown Kohinoor, that dropped yesterday. And then I'll be chatting to Creative Nakash as well in the final half hour. But to you guys, farewell. I'll see you next week. Make sure you follow us at Mango Masala Radio. Bye, guys. Positive, lovely week. Love you all. Kiss, kiss. Yes, guys, what's good? It's your boy Gerns from Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian Show. And I am joined here by Andrea. Kristen, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So for the listeners at home that might not have heard of Andrea Kristen before, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Andrea Kristen. I'm an artist, producer, and a composer. Yeah, I'm from Mangalore, India. That's with an M. <laughs> and uh, I grew up in Dubai, and now I'm currently based in London. So let's start, obviously, with, like, you seem well-traveled, in a sense. Obviously, you've mentioned, like, three different places there. So how did you end up coming to the UK, then? So I came here to do my master's in music. So I kind of, I did my undergrad in law and business, but I've always wanted to do music. So my parents really supported me and I just completed my master's here in uh, music. Is that based in London then? Yeah. And are you thinking that you're going to like stick around or is the current um, political instability putting you off a bit? Um, It is a bit. <laughs> But, you know, I think I like it here. I've made a lot of connections here. And yeah, I'd like to see where it goes. So definitely I'm going to try to, you know, stay back. <laughs> sure. So obviously before you said you're a triple threat in the sense of artist, composer and producer. So I'm presuming obviously that you must have had some kind of musical background to be so versatile in that sense. So um, do you mind just telling us a little bit about how you got into music? I actually have no training. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I've just been kind of like growing up, I used to, you know, write little paragraphs here and there. And then I think I wrote my first actual song when I was like seven. And, you know, it was like a silly song about like friendship and stuff, but it was really cute <laughs> for a seven year old. So it wasn't called fake friends by any chance. Uh, no, <laughs> but, but I'm a visionary, you know, I saw it then, I saw it then. Sure. No, I'm just playing. I used to listen to a lot of the stuff that my parents used to play. And then I did try to learn the piano. My parents put me for classes, but I just couldn't grasp it. I did a bit of theory, but it was like 
very very basic like I still I'm very bad at sight reading and stuff and I was in the choir growing up in church so that kind of I think was um, that's the most training that I've gotten like being in the choir with production once I started wanting to do music professionally I uh, was finding difficult to you know converse with other producers so like with the jargons and everything like it's it's a bit difficult so I kind of learned just to converse with them uh, what everything did but then I was I started playing around with it and I took like an introduction to a logic course and yeah then I started producing after that. So um, we're gonna get into discussing your um, debut album um, in a second but um, just to mm-hmm. ask beforehand so have you produced all the tracks on the album? Yes all the tracks are self-produced uh, except Daniel 10 I had two co-producers over there that is really impressive as well like and like you said, someone that hasn't had any professional musical training like I wouldn't have thought that like having listened to the album so definitely that's very impressive so well done on that thank you so much thank you moving away from the production side of things obviously not just on this um album but beforehand you've been someone that doesn't just stick themselves in one box you do a bit of singing a bit of rapping a bit of both Mm -hmm. who would you say are your main influences when you're writing and performing these songs creatively for the album I've had a lot of influences and me as an artist I've had a lot of influences but writing in particular I would say Biggie I just like the rhyming scheme and the you know continued flow and like how it doesn't stay in the bar it kind of goes into the next bar and the storytelling like the first verse is connected to the last one as well production Pharrell I love Solange's whole creative like her atmosphere that she she literally creates like a world I really like that and Tyler the creator just for the and I'm talking the flower boy uh, you know that aesthetic yeah I just kind of had like a sound that I had in my head and I just wanted to put it in you know in my own way so yeah I think those are the people that have influenced me. Listening to um, your music as well I do think you've achieved that sense of having quite like a unique sound obviously it's not uncommon but it's not everyone that like does both the vocals and bars as well Um, Mm -hmm. and then also you've got your own sort of flow your own own sort of like way that your voice moves around that sort of thing so I think you're definitely putting your own stamp on things which is really nice to see they are not necessarily just because some people have maybe have influences but will then try to exactly replicate what's already out there but I think right. what, what you've got is like something that's quite fresh so it's quite like nice to be putting that out there definitely Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Before we get on to um, discussing the album, I read, like, I think it was your Spotify bio and it said that you're seeking to send an effective, or maybe it might have been in the email actually, but you're um, (laughs) seeking to send an effective message uh, or shed a light on important social issues, I think in this album as well. What social issues are we talking about in particular here and why is that important to you? So the album inherently is kind of like about my journey. Um, of course, it's romanticized, it's embellished, but it's just my my life so far. The, the experiences that I've had, I've just kind of drawn on it. For example, Immigrant, that's like, like I said, I've grown up abroad, like being 
elsewhere all always for most of my life so that's really affected me and I've um you know like even spirituality there's like a little gospely kind of song in there and I want to make something that has like substance in my opinion like for myself we we have a lot of like South Asian artists coming up and you know it would be nice to kind of showcase our you know journey as well as people as a community and I kind of wanted to just weave that into the album so I realized that we haven't actually like or I haven't like um, referred to the actual name of the album so Bron Kohonor which obviously um, I think a lot of South Asian people out there will know this is the diamond right Um, Mm -hmm. which has got disputed claims currently um, (laughs) on the um, crown of the British monarch but um, I think I read as well, this is your um, rap alias as well, right? So yeah. what, why did you decide to go for this as the title of your debut album as well? Yeah, Brown Kohino was my rap alias. And that's actually a very funny story. Uh, of course, like the, um, the name has come from like the diamond and everything that you just said. But um, I remember my mom and I were driving around Mangalore and... I was like, you know, I was telling her, uh, I need a, I need a song. Like, I mean, I need a, a catchy name, like for an alias or something that people will really like, it'll be on the tip of people's tongue. And like, it's so funny. So there's a, like a Xerox place below my house in India, which is called Kohinoor. <laughs> and we just passed by that. And I was just like, you know what? That's not bad at all. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think um, Brown Kohino, that's actually how I got the name. And I um, put it as one of the, uh, it was uh, in Bow Down, one of my singles in 2021. It said, baby, I'm precious. I'm the Brown Kohino. So after that, people, it really, it caught on and people were just like, oh, okay, Brown Kohino, Brown Kohino. I know, I think people know me more as Brown Kohino than my actual artist name, Andrea Kristen. <laughs> um and most people um for debut albums it's usually self-titled like most artists so I thought I didn't want to call it Andrea Kristen so I thought you know what why not call it Brown Cleaner because in a way that is self-titling so that's kind of how the album name came about no that's so nice that you have like a like charming story behind it as well and I also love that it wasn't like you know what I'm the worth of a diamond I'm this and that it was see it on a Xerox store and you're like yeah <laughs> that's it that's, that's for me think about the artwork as well obviously very like colorful tropical vibes um where was that shot so um that was actually shot uh so I had actually done um many 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 I'd conceptualized many different ideas for the artwork and I did a photo shoot as well, but I didn't feel like any of those actually gave off the vibes of like the album and the content of the music. So I was just like going through my gallery and this picture was actually taken by my sister on a trip to Kerala. So um, Mangalore shares a border with Kerala, like we're in Karnataka, but we share a border with Kerala and we'd gone on a trip there. And I was just like, this is it, you know, like, cause everything else was so uh, either too grand or too, you know, I don't know, it's too formal. This was just 
I don't, it gave me that motherland vibes. So yeah. I was like, okay, this this is the one. This is it. <laughs> Obviously, like you've been dropping music for a while now. I'd say three, four years, maybe. Yeah, three. Why have you decided now is the time at which I want to put out a debut album? This is where I, this is the time for me to put out this body of work, which it's literally named after myself it's reflective of who I am as a person this is the right time for me to do it honestly so so far when I was releasing music I've never actually like had a I've never marketed it or you know promoted in any way I've literally just put it on my Instagram and go gone like go check it out and a lot of people actually told me not to release an album because I've not accumulated that many like my, my fans are really scattered. So, uh, you know, and they told me, you know, wait. But I was like, the music is here. It's done. Like, I can't wait just because, um, you know, things may not be ready or this and that. And I've already, like, trying, I'm trying to work on a new sound and stuff like that. So I was like, if I don't do it now, I probably this is going to get shelved because I have like hundreds of songs that are literally just shelved because I'm not that like doing that kind of sound anymore because it's just improved and improved and improved versions. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, now's a good time. And yeah, I've been working on it for like a year. And I feel that even if even if people may not respond to it or something, I feel like the message will resonate like there's something for everyone in there is what I feel yeah definitely and I think it's like you say it's it's a bold move to do so especially in this state which the industry is currently in in the time of streaming it's very much so many artists will do release um after release after release just dropping um, a single as soon as it's ready just put it out because it's all about generating the most um revenue or um streaming numbers this that the other but in that way again it's quite refreshing to have this body of work and I think one thing that um struck me as well which I wasn't um necessarily expecting um from someone who's putting out a debut album who maybe hasn't um accumulated a massive following yet I wasn't expecting um the track length to them to be um what they are like obviously you've got interludes in there which are maybe like a minute a minute and a half but you've also got tracks in there which are um five odd minutes long which um i think the thing that was nice was it didn't feel like that was for the sake of it or it didn't feel like that was too long it felt like this is what this project is and it works so i think for you to put that out there whilst it's going against the grain of what's already out there it actually is it, it works basically so I think definitely that was um it's it's nice um to see that definitely thank you thank you so much you mentioned before about um the messages that you're trying to put out through your music obviously again like I honestly wasn't expecting 11 tracks when I first thought about the album I think again because you don't see um artists or certainly not um, artists at the beginning of their career putting out pieces of work that are this long. So again, I was like really 
like impressed obviously when you've got that many tracks um you've got the space to sort of take listeners on a journey so when you were like ordering these tracks was there any sort of thing in mind because you've got these different themes of like your different relationships with different people and faith as well um your um status as a um, person of color as a south asian person whether that's in the uk or wherever what was your thinking behind the ordering of the track list so actually i had like a good 30 odd tracks that i kept putting in and out of the album and i settled on the 11 that you see on brown kohinoor you know um for the order it was because so it kind of is parallel to my life like uh intro is just like um a beginning and you know like a blooming of uh whatever is like a prelude to whatever is coming for the rest of the album and there are little like um easter eggs in there that are there throughout the, the album and like fake friends because that's the first kind of relationships that I built other than my family faith it's something I took on myself you know it's just kind of it just progresses based on the lessons that I've learned I would say and it's and because growth is a journey it doesn't stop you know so that's why it ends with like everything you imagine is real because it's like now there's there's more this is just the beginning you know so it's just about yeah just just growing and all the messages all the all the stories that i'm trying to tell in the songs they're all based on how i i experienced them in the order like chronologically so that's why it kind of builds like the songs like the sounds they get bigger like the first few are really simple and they just keep getting bigger and bigger and i'm less and less vulnerable and more wise as it goes on in the album like the themes so yeah definitely that's that's kind of what I had in mind when I arranged it mm-hmm. and I actually didn't arrange it until August until I was like a month into uploading it because I was <laughs> I was just like, okay, I can't see, I can't, I can't do this. I, I don't like, where's the arrangement? And then I'm just like, oh, wow, it's already technically arranged. I just have to, it was just one or two songs that I had to put place in the right, um, you know, track number. That's all. Yeah, no, definitely. I think when songs reflect on your lived experiences and considering that this is, a project that is about yourself it makes sense that obviously they would like sort of do the job for you in terms of like just fitting in a natural order definitely so probably gonna round things off now obviously main focus right now is putting out this album and seeing what kind of reception it gets um, Mm and moving on from there um but I know obviously end of 2022 now as well, but um, what's your um, plans for 2023 and beyond? So like I said, growth is continuous. I'm trying to work on like, there's always room to improve. Um, I'm trying to work on my sound because kind of this album kind of gave me purpose, like what I need to do now and music, like my, my journey is kind of clear now. So I'm just, gonna try to stay on that path just improve myself 
I'm working on a couple of singles that are to come out after the album. So just creating demos and stuff for that. And yeah, I feel like at least for now, this is this is the path that I want to take. I noticed as well that um, you've put out um, visuals in the past. Have you got any plans to do so for um, tracks from this album? Yes, I've kind of conceptualized um, videos for two of the tracks, actually for a few of the tracks, but two that are properly done, kind of working to um, get it all together because they're kind of elaborate. (laughs) So I'm trying to get it all together and you know, just organize this, but probably Jen, something like some good heavy visuals. Well, I look forward to seeing them then. Um, so if people do want to keep up with you and um, the stuff you're putting out, where's the best place for them to find you? Oh, Instagram. I think that's that's what I use mainly. So uh, my handle is I am Andrea Kristen. So that is I A M A N D R E A K R I S T I N. You did a much better job than I would have done at um, like spelling out my handle and stuff. I literally have to pause <laughs> to think about it. But um, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, and I hope that the um, album release goes well. And um, yeah, all the best. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the opportunity. Really. It's so nice to, you know, speak about it because I've been working really hard for the past year, you know, and it's yeah. nice to see it appreciated. Definitely. And honestly, yeah. honestly, from listening, I could tell that a lot of work has gone into it. Um, and again, like I, I'm a bit like, wow like about the production as well like I I was expecting you to say that yeah like I had like a bit of an input but like it was mainly (laughs) like someone else but for you to have done it all yourself like I think that's really cool thank you thank you so much (laughs) welcome this is Mango Masala the South Asian show my name is Gerns and I'm joined here by Nakash 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 Kash whatever you prefer whatever's easier for you you know what it is so assuring to i can't remember the last time where i've started the show and someone's responded and the mic is like a perfect level it's all good <laughs> like it's good. It's you know start. you were watching me running around just now organizing everything like beforehand and it's like you know what it's the small things like just happy yeah, days happy days but thank you so much for obviously taking the time and making the journey here live from vernon mill stockport you were saying how much you like the building as well the building is beautiful i love old um kind of they just have character these buildings it's a listed one you said right yeah. this building's listed so yeah they have a lot of character high ceilings very yeah. much my vibe yeah in case you couldn't tell um what we've got here is someone who is very artistic has like a keen eye for that sort of thing so do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself your career your interests that sort of thing yeah i'll take it from there i guess uh, my name is nakash i'm a filmmaker director photographer from nottingham i predominantly work in london um but yeah i've had quite a journey would you like me to to kind of start where it where it started really absolutely we've got the time tell us everything yeah so my journey started in uh nottium um like when i was like 19 or i think on my 20th birthday i asked for like a a 500d this was during like the dslr revolution youtube still kind of relatively new at this stage um and uh, yeah i got like a, a 500d canon and i just started documenting the scene around me like i grew up on very much like kind of 
grime music and there was very much a strong scene of that in Nottingham uh, and I just started like me and my friends used to make music and I started initially just by making their music videos uh, and then other people saw that um, and uh, yeah I kind of took it from there really um, fast forward like a few years I did take a break from it because I, there was some occupational hazards um, I don't like like if in a in a in a nutshell, you could say like I learnt my craft on the streets, which is a, a real um, accurate analysis of like how I learnt. So I was literally filming grime hood videos, freestyles, um, and it exposed me to I guess a, a whole different world that I didn't necessarily grow up on, but I was very fascinated by. Um, and I actually kind of had some challenges in terms terms of like. I was robbed and set up. So, like, I was like, you know, I'm going to go get a real job. Uh, my background, I studied economics. So I went into banking, um, kind of did that. Um, like, but I was doing quite well with that because I was going to go into private banking. And then as I was doing that, I felt like I wasn't being true to myself. Um, I was doing this for the, the wrong reasons because if somebody asks you, like, so what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a mortgage advisor. I'm going into wealth management. It's like, it sounds great. You look great. You're wearing a suit. But um, deep down, uh, I always knew that I want to have a creative career. Yeah. So in 2017, um, I quit my job. I actually read a book called The Alchemist that kind of prompted me to do that. I don't know. Have you heard of that book? When you say The Alchemist, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, when you see, like, it's like a picture of it's come to my head. I've never actually read it, or, but I've seen people talk about it, yeah. So the book is by a gentleman called Paolo Coelho, and it, it's very much, I think everyone is meant to get a different message from that book, Um and like we all take different things from the things that we read or or the art we engage in but for me it was very much kind of follow your dreams and one of the the principles within the book is um when you um when you kind of listen to the universe and uh, the whole universe and everything within it will conspire in your favor and you'll get beginner's luck and it's very much um kind of like yeah chase your dreams what's the worst that can happen right um and yeah that's kind of embarked on my journey um, in 2017, I travelled, like, pretty much the whole world. So in my first year of freelance, I went to... Oh, that's going to be a joke. Uh, Turkey, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Greece several times, Austria, Bulgaria, Thailand, Ibiza, Switzerland. And this was all working, so it was cool, it was cool. That was just the first year. It was, yeah, so... And then um, that was with, like, a, a travel company, Um called Tui. I don't know if you've heard them. They're quite a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, basically, I'm a big Shaka Khan fan. And okay. they they stole and ruined the song. But oh, like, what, well, in their advert, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I won't get into that. But, yeah. That's what all adverts, or not all adverts, but a lot of adverts, they, they ruin good art. But I like a good advert. I think a good advert is something that you remember, like, say, you know, the, the old Cadbury's advert with the gorilla? Yeah, like or the, that, like the twins of the eyebrows. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when it's good, you remember it. And if it's bad, you also remember it. So I guess, yeah, either way, yeah. it's good. Um, but yeah, in that, that was like the start of like my, I'd say, true freelance career. Um, kind of went for every opportunity that I could get. Um, tried to really learn. Um, all, oh, my phone's clearing up. Um, try, and, try and pick up as many skills as I could. 
Um, and currently I work predominantly in the fashion in industry. I'm a director, I'm a photographer. Um, I recently did a nice little campaign for Calvin Klein through Hypebee. So thank you for those guys who brought me in on that one. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think I'm living my dream, getting there. Yeah, no, and ahead of this interview, looking at your website, which obviously has, um, I'm not sure whether it's your full portfolio or just some of the selections, but like even in that, like, I think it's like nine or 10 examples on the website, some like big names, like you said, Calvin Klein, you've done bits with um, Slow Tie as well, yeah, which yeah. Um, Simran is a big fan, so I'm sure she'll yeah, be yeah. really <laughs> interested to hear about that. But how... I mean, obviously, we're going to get into talking a bit about advice for people who maybe want to get to where you are, but don't know how. But how did you go from being someone that is simply capturing what is going on around them to then obviously going into um, business fields? But then obviously now, like you're saying, you're living the dream. But I'm, I'm curious as to what's the middle ground? Like, do you just get is it like all through the people that you know or is it like once you reach a certain level of standard of production then your name is more recognized like how how do you think you've come to be in this position where you are being offered like very much decent um opportunities so for me i do believe there's an element of strategy involved so like like i said i have quite a corporate background i've worked for uh big companies like lloyd's banking group experian hsbc um so understanding um business and like i studied i studied economics so having a strategy was actually important like so say for example the clients that i'm working with now um i would have written down that these are my ideal clients this is what i want to work for these are the people i want to work for this is the type of work i want to do and then reverse engineering those steps has been really helpful so i think when we're all in, we're in, in the fashion industry and we all want to do all the cool stuff, um, one of the best bits of advice that I got was you get the work you do. So um, there was a point for me where I was very much known for doing like hood videos, what are now like say your drill videos, but very much like um, grime or hip hop music videos. That's what I was predominantly known for. So at a certain stage, I had to say no, I had to stop doing that. And that created the space to be for me to um, to do the work I really wanted to do. Um, I, I, I just took a step in about 2000 and late 2019, just before COVID. Um, there was still at that time I was still doing those types of videos, and I was known for it. And it was very frustrating for me because it it wasn't true to me. Yes, I liked it. Yes, my friends are from that background, but it's not me. I'm very much into fashion culture trainers all this other stuff like that's what is more real to me and that's the world i wanted to um exist in so i took um i made the decision to like right i'm gonna just fully work on my portfolio um i think one of the most important things as a creative is to think about how can you bring value to the people you want to work with and be around. So for example, one of the things that I did, a friend of mine um, was an art director at a popular magazine. And um, whenever he they were doing editorials, I would ask if I could come alongside um, and create video content. And although 
the way it was positioned to the brand is BTS video content. So it's very low pressure. There wasn't no, there wasn't too much of an expectation. So the expectation was low. But what I would deliver was very much more in line of a campaign style. So I had the opportunity to work with uh, professional uh, hair and makeup artists, professional stylists, professional lighting. Um, you're working in a professional studio set. So you've got all, everything's been done for you. So you can come in and do what you're good at. Because often um, I think a lot of people who who have had a similar journey to myself have learned a lot from YouTube and we're very keen to do it all ourselves. But the, the sooner we can get our work to an industry standard and understand how the industry works, the better the better chance we give of our give ourselves to kind of succeed in those industries because that I think that's the biggest challenge like like I said there's one world that exists on the internet and then there's how it's done in real life um, another kind of plus point for me in those like working on those editorials I got a bit of a crash course from some of the best photographers in London uh, and I'm just soaking it all in. I'm like, ah, oh, that's how that works. That's how that works. Oh, I need to use those lighting, that flash trigger. Oh, that the, I need to make sure there's a polyboard there. I need to make sure, like, oh, this is what continuous lighting does. And this is the difference in how that affects um, the image to flash lighting. And, and it, like I said, it's just a, a huge learning experience. And if we start thinking we know everything, we kind of stop ourselves from learning, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just I think for me, it was strategic in terms of like, this is my goal um, and this is how I'm going to get there. I think a lot of creators, although they are really creative, maybe could have a thing they can learn from like, say, uh, success principles and how to be an ex uh, an effective person. Uh, I think the biggest, 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 biggest thing that will help you, and I think I've had to to grow in this aspect a lot, is just be nice. Like, because yeah. nobody like if you aren't nice, word gets around quick, and people just will respond badly to you, and they won't want to work with you. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think a lot of the time, if there is bad on your name then it's not that people will wait to see to meet you firsthand and see okay do i actually is this true they'll just think okay it's not worth approaching them in the first place like i'm not going to um risk like like ruining my career by like talking to this person or getting involved in them whatever like it's very much you do have to it's not so much caring about what people think, but it's more like making sure that you don't give people an excuse to yeah. say bad things about you. Hugely, because at the end of the day, when you're thinking about, like, think about the reality of the situation. So somebody's at work, they've been offered, um, they've got this project that needs to get done. Um, it's a very stressful environment. London's a very stressful place. Um, you're being thrown lots of things left, right and centre. You're being asked to catch many things. You're wearing many hats. And the people managing these projects, um, they just want minimal friction and minimal problems. So when you are being hired, you're essentially solving a problem for them. So if you can do that in the most low maintenance way, um, it's going to be helpful for you in your career, really. So, yeah, it, again, it's knowing the industry. That's, I think, is the biggest challenge for a lot of people. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we were discussing this before we came on air. Just there's unfortunately uh, some people who gatekeep and some people who just want to see as many people come through the door. 
um and um it's it's a it's a tricky you have to find the people that are happy to help you right mentors mm -hmm. are great yeah well along those lines um when you were describing your journey as well um of, of like oh i being strategic and putting yourself in these positions where you're able to soak in as much knowledge as possible get yourself put out there that sort of thing what's your thought on especially within the art sector there's obviously a lot of it is to do with getting experience who you know etc and often the only way you can do that is by shadowing or having mentors that sort of thing but then that's not always necessarily accompanied by a paycheck so what's your thought on people that want to get to somewhere but then have to face the potential possibility of doing it for free like and, and like how long do you think people should put up with that because i think there's a whilst you could say that obviously everyone's got to start somewhere and you need to do that experience for the first couple of however long before getting somewhere there is a point maybe where some people are like hang on i've been doing this for a while am i being taken for a mug now like doing this yeah i think this is actually a quite a huge problem within the creative industry that in the fact that it's somewhat set up for those people who have an element of privilege because um you you do see it it's very normal like people that say have a uh, come from a good background are able to intern and are able to kind of say work in london they may have their rent paid for so they can take on like a like an internship or a non-paid role purely for the experience and i think as much as much as that is it's it's frustrating but like like life is quite competitive and it, it, it is it's just one of those things you can you can't really um get bogged down by it however um, I think the industry is changing. There's a lot of initiatives for, for people um, of different backgrounds to to get in there. And again, it's finding it's again, it's always about relationships, building rapport with people that you get on with. And then how can you offer them value? If you can offer someone value, like I get often asked, like, oh, can I come on set? And there's some people that I'm like, yeah. And there's some people I'm like, no. Um, and the, the reason I think I can literally speak on an example um, recently is like if I feel like there's not really a fair value exchange and it's just one way, like there's not much like if you just want to come and learn from me and that's it, then what why would I do that? Whereas there's other people there's a lad that I'm currently working with. Um, and the energy's right and he's already offered me a lot of value and it's it's, it's a two-way thing all relationships are two-way things uh, and if you it's just like say if like with a friend if you just feel like you know what i'm this person's draining me i'm not getting a lot out of this like you're not going to continue with that relationship and i think that's that's key to to this game uh contacts but i think if you're if you're good at what you do i think the first thing is be good at what you do um, and then put yourself out there, offer yourself. Um, uh, when you're young, you've got time. When you're older or you're getting on with stuff, you've got less time, but you're maybe you have more money. So you're able to kind of like give work out and things like that. But the, the key thing, I think, I think with the internet as well, you can build up a following you've got leverage in that sense brands are always on the lookout for for people to work with people are constantly looking for new talent so uh, yeah the it's it's a mindset thing right mm -hmm. 
For sure. So probably rounding things off now, um, what would you say is your main advice to the people out there? Because there's been like little bits, nuggets of knowledge in the past like 20 minutes that mm. have like, like we've kind of answered the question of advice for people. But if you were to summarise it for someone else that out there is maybe in their mid to late teens and is like, you know what, I'm really passionate about art, photography, videography, etc. But I don't know how to go about getting a career in it. What would you say to them? Play, play, have more play, like have fun with it, experiment, follow your natural curiosity. Um, anything that you think's interesting, tickle that itch. Um, because like I said, I never really intended to be a director or a photographer. It actually started from me like rapping in the playground and then making some music in the studio. And then I wanted to make myself a music video. And then in that, pursuit of that journey like I said I've now got to here and that's just by following my natural curiosity and itch uh, and yeah it, it's paid off and I think that's really really key play I think we forget how to play as, as, as adults nice and if people want to get a look at your work or potentially reach out to you for potentially that um, ex valued exchange rather than um, yeah. being one-sided thing where's the best place for them to find yeah, you? Yeah, I guess hit me up on my Instagram it's uh, instagram.com forward slash Nakash Hu, um, you can spell that N-A-K-A-A-S-H-H-U um, or you can try and find me on socials as Cashcam, both with a K um, either of those things will work. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing from people. I'd love to give you some advice, whatever I can. Nice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Um, it's been a pleasure getting you on. Um, and Martin was right, very good at speaking. <laughs> so. No, thank you. I was like, is that it? Is it? We're done. We're done. I, know, I could go know, over you know, longer. I, I, I feel exactly the same, and I am regretting not dedicating a whole hour to this, but maybe we are going to have to get you back on because, like... That was yeah, good. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was good. Nah, but thank you so much. Thank you um, for having me. All listeners out there, if you want to give us a follow as well, it's at Mango Masala Radio on most platforms, Mango Masala MCR on Twitter. But yeah, we will see you next week, same time, same place, 2 to 4 p.m. on Pi Radio.